Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Three friends were having lunch together as they reminisced about a, uh, a friend who had recently passed away. And they were, they were talking about the funeral and the things that people said about their friend at that funeral. And this led to a conversation about what they hoped people would say about them at their own funerals when, when that day came. And the first friend, first friend was rather vain. And he said, I just hope they do a good job of laying me out in the casket and I, I hope they say, he looks so peaceful and he was such a handsome man. The second, who was a local businessman, said, I hope they remember me for my integrity. And that they, they say that I was a, a hard worker and a good provider for my family. The third friend was a bit of a philosopher. And his friends looked at him and they, they said to him, what do you hope that people will say about you at your funeral? He paused and he thought about it for a moment. He says, I hope someone says, look, he's breathing. <laughs> and that's why we don't do eulogies in the Lutheran church. I'm just saying. The Easter gospel, uh, as, as the Holy Spirit led Mark to record it, is rather different from the other gospels accounts. Don't get me wrong, the, the facts are all there. They, they all fit together. But, but the, the tone in Mark's gospel is different from, from that of the other three. You know, it, it starts out rather sober. The women are grieving Jesus' death. They're, they're going to do what loved ones always used to do for their dead. They're going there to clean the body, to properly wrap him, to, to put the right spices around him, uh, you know, and to, to make the grave smell sweet. That was work that they normally would have done the day that Jesus died, but because he di died on Friday and it was toward evening, getting ready for the Sabbath day, they couldn't do it. So they hastily buried the body, a couple of his friends, and, and the women came back on Sunday morning to finish the job, to make sure that the job had been done right. They couldn't work on the Sabbath, so they waited, and they came as soon as they could. But when they arrived, things were not as they expected at the grave. You know, they went in recognizing that there was a huge stone in front of the grave, in front of the tomb, that it had been sealed. And they started to ask one another, how are we going to get past that stone? Who's going to open that for us? But when they got there, the stone was already rolled away. And that Jesus' body was already gone. And instead of finding Jesus in the tomb, they found a, a young man, a stranger, somebody they'd never seen before, all dressed in white, sitting there where Jesus' body had been, who said to them that Jesus was risen from the dead. And I don't know if you caught this or not, but then he said, he's risen from, his, from the dead just as he Told you. The women's response to this? They went out and they fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were terrified. They ran away. They were quaking and bewildered. They were afraid. Why? Well, on the one hand, angels tend to have this effect on people. 
You know, when, when people come into contact with angels, one of the first things all throughout the whole entire Bible that the angel says to any human being is do not be afraid. So there's, there's a bit of that going on here. But I think there's more. I think there's more happening here. They said nothing, at least at first, out of fear. And I think that what they feared was that no one would believe them. You know, along with Easter, today happens to be April Fool's Day. A day for jokes, uh, for pranks, for misdirection. And you can almost imagine that the women feared that they were being drawn into some kind of a terrible, tasteless joke. It's not too difficult to imagine them reporting to the disciples and the disciples looking at them and saying, that's not funny. And Luke reports that when they finally did tell the disciples that the grave was empty, that the disciples thought it was idle talk, that it was sheer fantasy, that it was foolishness. And they didn't believe them. You see... These ladies, they understood something that, that, that we all know. That really, in general, the dead don't rise. And most of the stories where they do don't have happy endings. They're in a moment of crisis. The one that they believed would be their savior had been crucified. He was dead. And now the body is gone. And they have to take the word of some, some stranger who's sitting in a tomb who appears to be a young man that Jesus is actually alive. Can you, can you sympathize with them a little bit in, in terms of being a little bit fearful and remaining silent? I think that the reason that, that Mark records Jesus' resurrection in this way, is to highlight for us the, the, the way that the world looks at Jesus' resurrection. That the world would look at Jesus' resurrection as simply foolishness. God doesn't give us a ton of proof. He gives us a handful of eyewitnesses, and he gives us his word. So that at the end of the day, we accept Jesus' resurrection from the dead completely and totally by faith. The world might think that that message is foolishness. And they might think that believing that Jesus rose from the dead is foolishness. But the scriptures present this message, the events of this day to us, as a matter of first importance. The Holy Spirit led Paul to write this. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He goes on to record that there was testimony of eyewitnesses, that Jesus appeared to Cephas, which is another name for Peter, to the disciples. He, at one time, he appeared to 500 people at a time. And when Paul wrote that letter, all of them, or most of them, were still alive. So you could go back and you, you could check it out with them. 
And I think that as we think about this, we remember that he saw Paul. And, and, and don't forget that Mary and Mary and Salome also got to be witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. But for us, and for almost every believer since then, our acceptance of the resurrection has been about faith. It's, it's been about God's word being spoken to us by others received in trust and in belief. I think there's a temptation for us sometimes to think that it would have been so much easier if we could have been there. I think there's a temptation for us to think that if we could be there and we could, we could have seen Jesus' miracles, we could, we could have been there at the crucifixion and, and been there Easter morning when Jesus rose, that it would be so much easier to believe all of this. That if we could have seen and heard Jesus, if God would, would appear in our midst, it would be so much easier to believe. You know, recently saw a video with, uh, with Woody Allen and Billy Graham. There's an interesting combination of people. And uh, uh, Woody Allen was actually interviewing Billy Graham on, uh, on a talk show that he used to have back in the day. And, uh, um, you know, with Woody Allen, one of the things that he complained about was that as he searched for God, God never showed up. To which Graham quickly responded that if Allen were to come to one of his crusades... God would definitely show up, but probably not in the way that Alan was hoping that he would. I think that we can sympathize with Alan's desire to see God so that he might believe God. And we ourselves might wish that we could see Jesus so that we could believe him. Or, or believe him more deeply, or, or be more confident in our faith, or, 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 or whatever that works out to us. We seem to think that, that it would be easier to believe if we could see. But let me ask, was it easy for the women at the tomb to believe that Jesus had risen? Was it easy for the disciples was it easy for anyone in the Bible to believe that Jesus had risen from the dead? Despite the fact, the, and multiple occasions, he told them, I'm going to be crucified, die, and by the way, I will rise. No. Faith has never been easy. So why should we think that it'll be easy for us? as though God should wrap himself up neatly in a bow so that we could approve of him and, and his ways. God is God. And if everything he does has to work out according to our mental models or, or make rational sense to us, well, it seems to me then we've made ourselves God, haven't we? And we've made ourselves God's judge. So this is what God presents us with. He presents us with Jesus dead on a cross. He presents us with an empty tomb, 
the message of angels that he has risen. He gives us Jesus' appearance across 40 days after the resurrection. And he promises, he gives his word that all of this means salvation. That this means forgiveness of sins. That this is everlasting life. Our rational minds hear that and and they wait for someone to yell, April fools! But God stands by this message of Christ crucified for our sins and raised for our salvation. This is how he swallowed up death forever. This is how he took away the shame that covered his people. In faith, We hear about Jesus' cross and his empty tomb, and we believe, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. Behold, this is the Lord. We waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. But is there no proof of the resurrection? Of course there is. It's us. We're here 2,000 years after the fact. This faith has been transforming people's lives for centuries. All this from a message that was delivered to three women who were afraid to say anything and 11 disciples who didn't believe them. And yet God brought this down to us through the centuries and through the ages uh, and through the Jesus appearing to them. The women came to believe. The disciples came to believe. And they proclaimed this message testifying that Jesus rose from the dead. They preferred to die for that statement rather than to turn away from it. That's how firmly they believed that Jesus had risen from the dead. And they have spoken that message. And it was handed down from generation to generation so that here it is today that we gather around this message testifying that Jesus rose from the dead, that he left the tomb, that he is alive. And because he died and rose, that is the proof that that he is God's chosen one to save us from our sins. This is the faith in which we stand, that Jesus died to save sinners. And if you don't believe that that people are sinners, that we're all just kind of naturally good, I suggest that you take a little time to watch the news and to look what's going on around us. And if you believe that you're not a sinner, I suggest that you kind of check to see if you have a pulse. Yep, there's, there's one there. And then take a closer look at your own life and see where you have compromised where you have stumbled, where you have sinned. Because this is the faith by which we are saved. Jesus crucified for our sins and raised on the third day to defeat death for us. And this is a matter of first importance because it shows us that God's will is not that we should die. 
His goal is not to be a cosmic killjoy or a condemning judge. His desire is to save us by faith in his crucified and risen son. And today, the the opportunity is before you to believe this message, to trust God's word and promise, or to just see it as so much foolishness. But I will tell you this, that if you trust God's word and promise, it can absolutely change your life. It can fill you with hope. It can give you joy in the midst of sorrow. And it can remove the burden of guilt that comes to us because of sin. Because this message reconciles you to God. And when you become reconciled to God, it's amazing how that reconciliation flows into your relationships with others. I'm not saying that that you'll become perfect if you believe in Jesus, or that any of this will be easy. The life of faith is often hard. Remember the women. Remember the disciples. But it's absolutely worth it. No fooling. Amen.